Gotta give it to Senator Josh Hawley, one of the uh, best senators we currently have on Capitol Hill among the U.S. Senate from the great state of Missouri. He is stalwart and he is, will not be thwarted. He is still fighting for a particular piece of legislation, which is now being introduced by him as the Pelosi Act. Just by the name alone, you can already know what it's about. One thing I love, uh, I find interesting, depending on uh, how they do it, is the uh, the very interesting acronyms that they they put on these bills, these proposed legislations. And usually, these acronyms are, are pretty interesting. So when I saw that Josh Hawley had introduced the Pelosi Act, which I'm sure you figured out, is to ban members of Congress from making money in the markets while they're in office. I'll go into the details of this in just a moment. I was like, I, I want to know what Pelosi stands for. And I was like, uh, I, was, I was even trying to figure out what could, how could they get that name, the idea of, of banning Congress from trading stocks into Pelosi. And here you go. Pelosi stands for Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investments. That is pretty darn good. The legislation, of course, references House Speaker, former House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi. The current House Speaker is Kevin McCarthy. And much to my enjoyment, he is being controlled quite well by the true Republicans, not the rhinos, the, those who actually work for the constituents. And I'll be reporting that in the middle of this, of this uh, episode. McCarthy uh, doing some excellent stuff right now. Pleasantly pleased with what he's doing. So, of course, this Pelosi Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investment Act is because Nancy Pelosi bought most recently, through her husband, Paul Pelosi, bought up to $5 million in stocks in a semiconductor company, oh, wow, right before the Senate was passing legislation to massively subsidize the semiconductor industry. If you recall, the chip shortage has led to mayhem in the markets, and the Democrats and Joe Biden were pushing for subsidizing the semiconductor industry. And while a lot of these things were happening behind the scenes, right before a lot of these things happened, oh, the Pelosi just happened to make $5 million in stock trades behind the scenes. Now, folks, I shared this list before, but let me in full disclosure remind you that it's Austin Scott, Brian Mast, Frank Hill, John Curtis, and Dan Crenshaw that all lead the list of members in Congress who beat the S&P average in 2021. And Scott, Mast, Hill, John Curtis, and Dan Crenshaw are all Republicans. So this is not a partisan issue. And you wonder, some folks may wonder why Dan Crenshaw is such a slimy swamp creature in the same vein as, oh, I don't know, Nancy Pelosi. Well, look at that. They're beating the markets. That is here stateside. 
let's uh, let's go to the other side of the Atlantic, folks. Now let we're cons- we're we're called tinfoil hatters. We're called alarmists. We're called theorists of the conspiratorium, whatever you want to call us. When we look at what is going on with organizations like the World Economic Forum and uh, Foundation, excuse me, and other globalist think tank groups meetings where they talk about what they want for humanity. And how many years have I reported? I've now been, well, we're at the beginning of 2023. And I would say that I started this in, in earnest in the beginning of 2016. I actually started this program, Black Conservative Patriot. And by the way, if you don't know, my name is James, a.k.a. BCP, which stands for Black Conservative Patriot. Not quite an acronym. Bukapa. But what you see and what I've seen since I started this uh, in 2016 and reporting on what these folks are doing is they talk about it, they get it out in the public consciousness, and it doesn't matter whether you want it or not, it eventually starts to happen and gets introduced because these globalist think tanks, if you will, collude and scheme together. It gets introduced and then their minions and their agents put it into practice. What are you getting at, James? Well, how long have we been hearing about that we as humans need to start consuming bugs? We need to start consuming insects to help the world to get off of methane and flatulent crazy Cows move away from beef for sustainability of the planet. Well, here we go. The European Union has given a green light for yet two more insects to be used as food for humans and can be put in food that's consumed by humans in the Europe in the European Union. Yesterday, Acheta domesticus was given the green light for human consumption. That will soon be followed by the approval of sale and consumption of M. alphidibius diaparanus. Now I'm butchering the pronunciations, though I speak Spanish and chronologically that was my first language. I started really master and learn English when I started going to kindergarten at five years old. My Latin pronunciation leaves much to be desired. So let me just tell you what those are. Acheta domesticus is the house cricket. I guess Acheta is cricket and domesticated cricket. Yeah, the, the common house cricket has been given the green light for human consumption. And the other one is a larva known as the mealworm. The new insect-based products for human consumption represent the latest push by the European Union to normalize the consumption of bugs through legislation with many big wigs from, from a variety of organizations pushing insects as a food item for both economic and environmental reasons in recent years. Now, of course, the EU says, oh, it's up to you if you want to or not. My understanding is that they are also able to use these in food products 
because they're now being deemed as safe under the use and use levels and do not pose any risk to human health. So there you go. And we're the tinfoil hatters for t calling about this craziness in the past. By the way, I do want to get uh, a go back real quick to this Holly story. There's something that I wanted to mention that the uh, this Pelosi Act would also ban members of Congress and their spouses from holding, acquiring, or selling stocks while in office. It would give them uh, their them and their spouses six months after taking office to divest stocks they hold or put them in a blind trust. A blind trust is where you have uh, you have a trustee that just goes and does all the investments for you, but you don't really direct those investments directly. And they never report back to you, and they have full fiduciary control over your investments while you're in there. Now, I found this very interesting. The other day, Venezuela's socialist dictator, Nicolas Maduro, canceled his trip to Argentina. And they had originally, and, and, and I didn't cover this because this is stuff I'm reading in the Latin press, and this is news that's of interest to me, but doesn't have wide, I don't report on it widely, much on this program. So it's being uh, reported that that because of safety or security reasons that he was not going to go. Well, the details are that the folks in the right side of Argentina opposed him from traveling to Argentina for this meeting of Latin American and Caribbean states called CELAC. It's the heads of state and government of the community of Latin American. It's a 33 country regional bloc of which Argentina currently holds the, the pro tem presidency. It was people in Venezuela that stopped him because they threatened to have him arrested because the United States has an active $15 million bounty for information leading to the arrest and conviction of Nicolas Maduro, who is a drug trafficker. But that was interesting. The DEA accuses Maduro of leading the Cartel of the Sons, a Venezuelan intercontinental tr cocaine trafficking organization that runs runs everything to the, the, the uh, Venezuelan military. But that was kind of interesting that it was the specifically the $50 million bounty from the United States, from the DEA, that they wanted to collect and wanted Maduro arrested if he landed in Argentina, and that's why he canceled. Now, someone who should be arrested and impeached for not just derelict of duty, but for going against their job description of what they're supposed to do and have to do is Mayorkas. So it gets worse. I, re I had reported earlier how they were incentivizing the DHS is the, it's supposed to be the Department of Homeland Security that is protecting our homeland. But what they've been doing is, of course, just facilitating the welcome of illegal aliens into our country. It's the exact opposite of the job they're supposed to do. And this is an impeachable offense easily. Let's see if the House takes it up. It would not get support in the in the uh, in the Senate. So it would be a symbolic gesture if the House of Representatives, now controlled by the Republican Party, were to do that. So the new policy from the Border Chief Alejandro Mayorkas gives temporary residency permits to illegals who report workplace abuse by their employers. 
Now here is the kicker. As we're getting more details from this, this is from a statement from the Department of Homeland Security, quote, requests from non-citizens who are in removal proceedings for deportation or have a final order of removal, deportation, upon reviewing the submission for completeness will be sent to U.S. Immigration and Customs to make a final determination on a case-by-case basis. So now this reporting on abuses by workplaces that hire illegal aliens will result in them, even if they are in the middle of being deported, not being deported. So narc on, and, and, and don't get me wrong, folks, companies and businesses that use illegal alien labor should be narked on. But then you don't go ahead and incentivize these people from not being deported. Absolute craziness. President Trump was right on so many things now. I'm sure someone has written a book on it. And if they haven't, I just gave you an idea for a book. Now, let's go to the laptop from hell. And let's talk about the real scandal behind the Biden document scandal. Not just in one place, in several places. Now, many people are making the argument that these... I listened to Rand Paul on Eric Bowling's show on Newsmax. And others have also said that the intel community is over-classifying everything. Everything is top secret. Everything is classified. And they hide behind sources of methods and what have you. And that's just so that they can escape oversight. Okay? We know that's a problem. But we also know that the Biden crime family has been making money with foreign powers. And that is the real story behind these documents. Now, Attorney Mike Davis today, who, uh, excuse me, yesterday, who is the founder of the Article 3 Project, was with uh, Steve Bannon. And he said simply this. If it turns out that these were, well, he just simply said, President Biden would have to resign if they can prove the link that the stolen documents have anything to do with Ukraine, simply because his son was making money in Ukraine. If you can link the stolen classified documents to this document and lining Biden's pockets, making millions of dollars off the stolen classified intel on Ukraine, he'd have to resign. And I want to remind you of this. This is a very specific example. Much less than this gets gets people sent to prison. There was a woman who was just sent to prison working for the military in Hawaii, and she took classified documents from her office to her home. There was no evidence that she misused the documents. She just transported them. The Biden Justice Department has put her in prison. This is this is Biden's Justice Department, not Trump's. Just this is not AG Bill Barr or Sessions or the interim uh, Matt Whitaker, but it was Merrick Garland who put this woman in prison. I'm sorry, that's me editorializing. Let me get back to the quote. So if you're going to put someone in prison for just transporting documents from your office to your home with no evidence of misuse, what's the espionage crime? If you're still in classified documents and using it to make millions of dollars for your family, Biden would have to resign. There would be criminal charges. So he's got to go. Now let me share you with how President Trump was right. There's a latest here, smoking gun email. And 
the uh, this is what I want I want to bring up. This this is crazy. There has been a timeline put together of what was going on in Ukraine and the policies toward Ukraine and and the combing of the Hunter Biden laptop. And what's very interesting is this little tidbit. There's this document where it says the following. This document is between is Hunter Biden emailing uh, Devin Archer this extremely long memo about leveraging Joe's position as the public face of the U administration's policy in the Ukraine. Here are some highlights. The very first line says, we must determine our team's relationship with Poroshenko. It mentions the IMF loan guarantees. These are all policy issues, folks, that of which Joe Biden heading Ukraine would have influence over. But then there's a whole bunch of references to our guy, our guy, our guy in these documents. And then there's really shady things on here like the con- the contract beginning timing the- that with the one week before Joe Biden traveled to Ukraine. And then there's some shady stuff here about you need to buy a cell phone from C- a 7-Eleven and CVS and use those cell phones to talk about these things further. In other words, burner phones. And they try to impeach President Trump over this. All right, folks, let's get to McCarthy and how McCarthy is doing incredible. Before I get into that, folks, I want to let you know that uh, we are, by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and share the link to this on social media. If you're listening to this on our podcast, if you are on Apple or if you're on listening to this on Spotify, go ahead and follow. Go ahead, please go ahead and follow this podcast. It'll help us get wider distribution. And by the way, folks, we are now live as of this moment, also available on Google Podcast. We're on Audible. We're on Amazon and we are on, I, I missed one other uh, one here. We rolled out, uh, yeah, Google, I, I said them all, Google, Amazon, Audible. Oh, iHeartRadio, that's what I was missing. So as of this moment, open source news will be available on YouTube. It has been available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're now on Google Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, Audible and Amazon, the same company and iHeartRadio. Very, very exciting. By the end of the week, we should be on Stitcher and some of the other major podcast platforms. So this is good news, folks. If you want to listen to this show on your commute and back home, make sure that you download our daily, twice a day podcast on those platforms. Also, don't forget to check out, if you're here listening on YouTube, our sister channel, the BCP report, which will convene this evening or tomorrow morning as 
BCP Cunirat starts up her reports again. Okay, McCarthy has officially now eject, uh, rejected the appointments of Swalwell and Schiff to the House Intel Committees. Now, as appears to have reported, Hakeem Jeffries, the House Monitor Leader, sent a letter to McCarthy saying, these are my picks for the Intel Committee. Kevin McCarthy wrote a letter to him in which he said, uh, no, we're not going to do that. Thank you for your letter dated January 21st regarding Representative Schiff and Swalwell. I appreciate the loyalty you have to your Democrat colleagues and I acknowledge your efforts to have two members of Congress reinstated to the House Permanent Select Committees on Intelligence. But I cannot put partisan loyalty ahead of national security and I cannot simply recognize years of service as a sole criteria for memberships on the Essential Committee. Integrity matters more. And that is in bold in this letter. Integrity matters more. As such, in order to maintain a standard worthy of this committee's responsibilities, I am hereby rejecting the appointments of Representatives Adam Schiff and Representatives Eric Swalwell to serve on the Intelligence Committee. It is my assessment that the misuse of this panel during the 116th and 117th Congress severely undermined the primary national security and oversight missions, ultimately leaving, ultimately, ultimately leaving our nation less safe. Therefore, we enter a new Congress. Therefore, as we enter a new Congress, I'm committed to returning the Intelligence Committee to one of genuine honesty and credibility that regains the trust of the American people. But that wasn't all. He was asked about it, and this is what he said to the leftist press that wanted his reasoning behind it. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the Intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe. So this is the difference. He knew. He was saying these things publicly, but he privately knew all of these things. And we exposed Adam Schiff throughout the years on this program during the first term of the best president in our lifetime, bar none, Donald John Trump. And we had, for instance, Rick Grinnell release a whole bunch of documents of everyone that said that they saw no Russian collusion. They said these things under oath in skiffs and Adam Schiff hid all that information while saying publicly on CNN, MSNBC, ad nauseum, that there is clear proof of Russian collusion with Trump. John Radcliffe, DNI, he came out ahead of time and says there's no intel to prove that, and he used his position as chairman, knowing he has information the rest of America does not, and lied to the American public. When a whistleblower came forward, he said he, he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. So no, he does not have a right to sit on that. But I will not be like Democrats and play politics with these, where they removed Republicans from committees and all committees. So yes, he can serve on a committee, but he will not serve on intel because it goes to the national security of America. And I will always put them first, all right? A lot of fire there behind Kevin McCarthy. And he said, I'm not a partisan. I'm not going to keep them off of all committees like they did Marjorie Taylor Greene and others. Just not the intel committee. Oh, and if you uh, were wondering what he had to say about Eric Swalwell, 
Well, I'm not going to keep you in suspense. Here's what he said. And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell, because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell had a problem with the Chinese spy until he served on Intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about it. The FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the Intel Committee that has the rights to see things that others don't because of his knowledge and relationship with the Chinese spy. They uh, by knowledge of a Chinese spy, I wonder if he means like uh, the biblical sense, you know, where it says he knew his wife and she bore him a child. You know, well, I'm not going to go there, but you know what I'm talking about. Bang, bang. <laughs> brought it to the works of the leaders. I've got that briefing. So I do not believe he should sit on there, that committee. And I believe there's 200 other Democrats that can serve on that committee. There, okay, this is smart politics. And we know Kevin McCarthy's a smart politician. Don't make this partisanship. Make this as it should be. I mean, this. okay, I'm not going to blame some politics. But this would be something a principled person would do, right? Not punish, well, not say that this is a partisan thing and punish the Democrat Party, but remind them of the actual crimes of these individuals and why they can't sit there. Now, these same people were concerned about George Santos sitting on committees. Now, at the same time of all of this, these leftists, these Democrats, these Mockingbird, mainstream media Muppets were haranguing McCarthy about why won't you let Swalwell and Adam Schiff serve? And obviously these people are very unethical. Serve specifically on the Senate, uh, excuse me, on the Intelligence Committee, right? Very specific, you heard that. But they want McCarthy to not seat George Santos on the on any committees he was asked if george santos the apparently uh lying republican is going to sit on any and this is uh cnn grabbing him just as he's coming out of a meeting actually he's he's in the capitol somewhere it looks like he's wearing more casual clothes um, yeah, we will be done with um, all committees today. He'll get seated on committees, yes. So, yes, he'll, he'll, he'll get seated on committees. Yes, he's going to get seated on committees. If for some way we can go through ethics and he's broken the law, then we will remove him, McCarthy said. So he said he's going to go through ethics, and if he has broken the law, they'll remove him. Oh, my goodness. Is McCarthy talking about innocent until proven guilty? Having someone have a chance to defend themselves? Doesn't look good for Santos, don't get me wrong. But there should be an investigation, and that will determine what really happens. All right, folks, as we wind down here, two more important bits of information and news about what's going on in D.C. So, as we're talking about here, Kevin McCarthy has, uh, as of yesterday, appointed members to the select subcommittees. And one of those, of course, is the weaponization of the federal government. 
I want to let you know who is on here. The chairman, of course, is the great Ohio warrior Jim Jordan. Daryl Issa, um, who used to be my representative of California. Tom Massey of Kentucky. Chris Stewart of Utah. Elise Stefanik of New York. Mike Johnson of Louisiana. Chip Roy of Texas. Kelly Armstrong of North Dakota. Uh, Greg, I can't remember, is his name pronounced Stube or Stope? I think the guy who fell off a roof or something. Florida, Dan Bishop, North Carolina. Uh, Kat Kamek out of Florida. And Harriet Hagman out of Wyoming, the replacement for Liz Cheney. So that those are the folks that will be looking into the weaponization of the federal government. And then let's uh, jump over to Jim Banks. He said that the House Republicans are adamant about leaving entitlements like Social Security and Medicare untouched as they go into this battle over the debt ceiling. He said that's not even on the table. So anything that you hear from the leftist talking heads, from the Democrats and their puppets in the mainstream media is fake news. He, they are not, uh, the, the, they're not going to touch Social Security and Medicare when it comes to the debt ceiling debate. Thanks for being here, folks. Once again, I am James, your host, Black Sort of Patriot. We have a sister channel, as I mentioned before. And in addition to this program, if you're watching this on YouTube, we have a program called, a show called BCP Unfiltered that you can't catch here on YouTube. You can catch it by going either to therealbcp.com or bcpextras.com. If you're listening to us on all of the podcast platforms, the show is available on the same channel that you're listening to this program on um, as additional exclusive content. Check it out. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless.